You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. Hope you're all well. The Premier League season kicks off tonight. Arsenal in action in the first game of the 2021-22 season. Arsenal taking on Brentford at the Brentford Community Stadium. I am buzzing because as much as I enjoy the summer and as much as we've had lots and lots of great conversations, lots of great debates around transfers and all the other bits and pieces, there's nothing quite like talking about actual competitive football. So I'm buzzing from a work perspective. Um, I'm buzzing because we get to see Arsenal in competitive action. Uh, hopefully Arsenal don't kill that buzz for us too early on in the campaign. But I am really, really looking forward to tonight. Arsenal travelling down the road, West London. Brentford, the opponents. Brentford are a really, really interesting side. And uh, we're going to look a little bit into Brentford, what it is that we think they're going to bring to the table. We're also going to be uh, looking at the Arsenal side. I'm going to be sharing with you guys my starting eleven for tonight. Uh, we'll also be talking a little bit about the tactical elements of the game and how I maybe expect uh, some things to unfold. Going to take, of course, your questions and comments from the live chat, which is Always great fun as well. Uh, so really, really looking forward to this one. It's our first official preview show of the season. And uh, thank God. Right. Let's uh, let's say a few hellos. Hope you are all well. Uh, let's say hello to uh, Josh, to Omar, uh, to Inter, to Syed, to Colin, uh, to Gare, to Lewis, to Louis, uh, to uh, Stilton Avenger, to Matt, to... Lijo Jacob, hope you guys are all well. Craig Tanner, etc., etc. Everybody in the live chat, hope you guys are all well. Uh, a couple of you asking in the chat first off if there is going to be a watch along for tonight's game. Unfortunately, there isn't. Uh, we are going to be doing some watch alongs over the course of the season. However, the reason I was able to do so many more last season than I had done previously was because of the COVID situation and because, A, I wasn't able to get to as many of the games, uh, but also work for me was remote a lot of the time because of everything that was going on, which meant it was easy for me to do a watch along watch the game with you guys' company and then literally jump on and do my work immediately after. It's going to be a little bit more difficult with fans being allowed back into the stadiums, but I promise we will bring you some. And I promise we'll bring you some of some games that are maybe not necessarily Arsenal-related as well. Now, we talked earlier in the summer about the fact that lots of you had been asking for more general Premier League content. And so I listened. And so we're going to be bringing you some regular shows looking at the Premier League. I'm going to be joined by Dan DeLuca, Simon Alavi, the usual guys to be dissecting some of the big Premier League stories. And we start off with some more general content with a video that is going to drop later on uh, today. So uh, stay tuned for that. Am I going to drop it today or am I going to drop it tomorrow? You know what? I'm going to drop it tomorrow at lunchtime. But it was me having a chat with former Manchester City Wolves 
Everton and Aston Villa defender and England defender, of course, Jolian Lescott. So I get Jolian's thoughts on some of his former clubs heading into the new season. I'm in the process of editing that and I'll be dropping that video, as I say, tomorrow. It will be available in podcast format as well for those of you who prefer to consume the content that way. So Arsenal versus Brentford. Let's talk a little bit about Brentford first up. I'm a big fan of Brentford and I'm a big fan of the way they've gone about their business. I really admire the way they've climbed up the football pyramid. I had the pleasure of going and uh, reporting on a game at Brentford's old stadium, Griffin Park. Uh, It was the start of not last season, but the season before. And I remember coming away uh, from that game and I remember making a phone call to a friend straight after and I talked about how confident I was that within the next couple of years, Brentford would be a Premier League side. You go there, you get a really nice feel. You can tell that everybody is aligned in terms of the way they're pulling, the direction of travel in which they're taking the club. The the way they recruit is excellent and for a club that don't have necessarily the financial muscle that some of the others do. They've they've done that excellently, really effectively. They almost operate a kind of moneyball style model, which is really, really impressive. They buy cheap, they develop, they nurture talent, and then uh, they end up selling for big money. And that's why they were able to kind of maintain that level. It's why they were able to bring in people like Ivan Tony last season, because of course, uh, they had sold Ollie Watkins side Ben Rama previously players again, who had really made good impressions uh, in the championship with Brentford and under Thomas Frank's guidance. Big fan of Thomas Frank as well as a coach. Um, I like his style. I like the way his teams play football. But what I like most about Thomas Frank, I actually quite like him as a person. Uh, That day when I was reporting on the game and I got to attend this press conference and stuff, uh, Thomas Frank was incredibly open, incredibly welcoming to the media, but also uh, was willing to give everybody a bit of time. And I had a good chat with Thomas Frank uh, after that game. They actually got beaten, I think, that day by Birmingham uh, by a goal to nil, but they really didn't deserve uh, to be beaten. So uh, despite all of that, despite the disappointing result, Thomas Frank was incredibly open and was incredibly uh, cool with everybody that was there. And, And for that, you know, I like that. I like managers to be human. I like managers to be quite open. It's why, in in a way, I was a little bit frustrated with uh, Mikel Arteta's press conference yesterday. And I have been a little bit frustrated with Mikel Arteta's press conferences in the past. And on the occasions where I've been in them, I've always found him a little bit cold. I've always found him a little bit, you know, distanced. And I know that some people, that's how they cope with the pressure. I know that some people prefer to be like that. I know that, um, you know, the pressure at Arsenal is much bigger than the pressure at Brentford. But I think for me, when a manager is quite open and and not necessarily giving stuff away that it shouldn't, but that little bit warmer, I do think you um you uh, you warm to them and you're you're willing to give them a little bit more leeway as a result. Uh, Matt G says, uh, "Harry, you're talking up Brentford a lot. Are you preparing us for when we lose later?" No, I'm not. Look, I mean, Arsenal should win this game. Arsenal need to win this game. There is a lot of pressure on Arsenal going into this game because the fixtures that we have to come in the next couple of weeks, Manchester City, Chelsea, etc., etc. It's going to be really, really difficult uh, for us to pick up points in those two games, you feel. And so it's imperative that Arsenal get off to a good start tonight. Um, The thing for me is that, you know, I expect Arsenal to win. I think Arsenal should win. And I'll be disappointed if we get anything other than that. But 
the problem is that this is not going to be an easy game. You know, this is not going to be a walk in the park. Brentford have never been in the top flight before. There's going to be an incredible buzz around uh, the Brentford Community Stadium this evening. It's a huge occasion for them and they will be right up for it. So while I expect Arsenal to win, I'm not naive enough to think that we're going to go there and score five or six and really put them to the sword. I think this is going to be uh, one of those nights that's going to be difficult. We're going to have to weather the storm at certain points and uh, it's going to be uh, a, a pretty good game for the neutral, I'd imagine. So, uh, yeah. Interesting to see, of course, uh, how Arsenal fare. Just a couple of bits on Brentford before we move on to the Arsenal side of things, the more important side of things, of course. Uh, Brentford actually scored the most goals in the championship last season. Ivan Tony alone managed 31 uh, and he scored another couple in the playoffs. So 33 in total in league competition. The thing is with Ivan Tony is we've heard you know a lot over the summer about clubs being linked with him I know that a lot of Arsenal fans have been beating that drum about Ivan Tony get him in at the Emirates uh, he's someone that we could do with Ivan Tony is one of those players that has really kind of performed at the lower league level he was at Newcastle previously maybe feels like he's got a bit of a point to prove after it didn't work out for him there but he went to uh, League One, he did incredibly well in League One, and then he's managed to continue, if not improve that form, having stepped up to the Championship. Now, I would say that the step up from League One to the Championship isn't as dramatic as the step up from the Championship to the Premier League. That's not to say that Ivan Tony is going to flop and that he's not going to score goals. He's Brentford's penalty taker. He's the focal point of a very exciting uh, football team. He's the focal point of a really attack-minded uh, side. So I'm not saying he won't score goals in the Premier League, but I'm really interested to see how he's going to develop and how he's going to raise his game that little bit further to be able to translate that championship form into Premier League form, because I think it's really difficult. I think it's a big step up. And there haven't been that many players, I would argue, over the years that have been able to do it consistently. There have been some flashes in the pan, but I'm interested to see whether Ivan Tony really is the real deal and whether he will go on uh, to, to translate that form into the Premier League. In terms of their playing style, they're very high pressing. Remind me a little bit of Marcelo Bielsa's leads. Obviously, there are differences uh, to the way that they play, but there is a few similarities as well. I'm interested again to see whether Thomas Frank decides to slightly change that and slightly adapt that approach for the Premier League or if he feels that he can go into this uh, top flight playing in exactly the same way. One thing to note, they did have the worst defensive record among the promoted sides uh, and that will of course need to improve if they're going to if they're going to survive. Now, I genuinely do wish them all the best after tonight because I do like Brentford. I like what they stand for. I like the way they've gone about things. But obviously tonight it's all about the Arsenal Players to watch out for, um, David Raya, the goalkeeper, is someone that Arsenal have been linked with uh, quite a bit. Um, you look at uh, Brian Embuemo, a player I really like. I've mentioned Ivan Tony as already. Christopher Ayer has joined from Celtic, very good centre-half. And of course, Josh De Silva, uh, former Arsenal man. He's in the squad uh, normally, but he's out injured tonight, so we're not going to get a look at him. Um, so... That's where we are on Brentford. I'm getting some notifications from you guys telling me to check uh, Fabrizio Romano's tweet. So uh, let's do that while we're live. Um, 
it would be typical, wouldn't it, for a big bombshell to drop while I'm live and have a show already prepared talking about other things. Uh, but let's see what we got. Here we go. Uh, so Fabrizio Romano says Arsenal are prepared to make a bid to sign Martin Odegaard on a permanent deal. He's always been Edu and Arteta's priority as number 10. Once Real Madrid gives the green light, Arsenal will submit the proposal. Awar is also on the list and Madison has never been close. So Arsenal uh, considering that move and preparing, according to Fabrizio Romano, that bid for Martin Odegaard. We'll talk a little bit about that later on, because for me, I don't really want to get caught up in the kind of transfer circus today. I really do want to focus on the actual football. We're going to be bringing you a live show late tonight around about 11 o'clock, reacting to the game and analysing that game um, or giving a bit of a raw reaction to that game. And on Saturday morning, we'll be bringing you that tactical analysis. So it's going to be uh, a really busy 24 hours, but I want it to be focused around the football more than anything. The transfer stuff, we can pick up on that again a little bit later on. While we're on the subject of that, though, just a quick update on Joe Willock, who uh, has apparently agreed personal terms with Newcastle now. He's at the training ground. Steve Bruce has uh, confirmed that. He's undergoing his medical and they hope to get him registered in time for him to train and play this weekend. Uh, so that's going to be uh, really, really interesting. Uh, if uh, to see if Newcastle can do that. But let's move on to the Arsenal stuff. Let's look ahead to tonight's game. Let's look ahead at what the starting lineup might be. Uh, let's uh, just share the screen with the, uh, those of you watching on video format. Don't worry if you're listening via the audio. I will be uh, explaining what I'm doing as well. So Arsenal expected to play in their third kit tonight, the blue one. That's why I've got the little counters in blue. Uh, but we're going to discuss what I think the lineup should be, what it might be, what it could be. I'm going to be getting your thoughts as well from the live chat box as well. Before we do that, though, I just want to quickly remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. So for all your male grooming needs, head over to Manscaped.com. Check out their fantastic range of products. Get involved and um, and uh, use our discount code, which is 90min20. You'll save yourself 20% as well as get free shipping on your order. So you stand to save yourself a fair bit of money, and I promise you, your partners will thank you. Manscaped.com, we thank them, as always, for their very kind sponsorship. So let's start running through this Arsenal team then. Well, in goal, we haven't really got much choice because we don't have anybody else competent enough, in my opinion. And so Bern Leno uh, will undoubtedly be Arsenal's goalkeeper this evening. The German is very clearly the number one, and as we've already uh, discussed on multiple occasions uh, this summer. We don't have much else in that kind of position. I don't think anybody trusts the other options that we have. I don't think anybody really feels that the alternatives at Mikel Arteta's disposal are good enough to be to come in in a game of this magnitude. So Bern Leno is an easy choice at uh, yeah, well, in between the sticks. Moving to left back, that's an easy choice as well. Kieran Tierney, a player who we missed so much at various points during last season through injury. Uh, and it's great to see him back fit. And hopefully that continues. And hopefully we can see him put a real run together this season. I think he makes a massive difference to this team. He gives us so much going forward, but he also brings plenty of stability going backwards as well. A real good all-round fullback. And uh, fingers crossed, we see much more of Kieran Tierney this time around. 
I think at centre-back, I think ordinarily I'd have chucked Gabriel in there. But of course, Gabriel is unavailable. He's one of three players. Gabriel, Thomas Partey and Eddie Nketiah are all unavailable to Mikel Arteta tonight. So I expect being left-footed Pablo Marie uh, to start on the left side of our defence. And I expect Ben White to start on the right. Now, at right-back... There's a decision to be made, I think, here. This is one of the positions that there is a bit of debate around at the moment. We've talked a lot throughout the summer about the need to maybe improve in that area and bring in another right back. But I've also talked about the fact that given the number of players we have at right back right now, it just feels like Mikel Arteta can't do that. So the options are Chambers, Bayerin, uh, Cedric, Ainsley Maitland-Niles even. And I think I'm going to lean towards Callum Chambers. And now this is my choice. I actually expect Hector Bayerin might play. Um, you know, unless something's happened in the last week that has meant he's edged closer towards a move or Callum Chambers has really impressed in training. I actually think that that what you're going to see is you're going to see Callum Chambers. Uh, sorry, I actually think that you might see Hector Bayerin my apologies, come in at right back. But for me, it's going to be Callum Chambers. And I'll explain why. Um, in a little bit. Moving into the midfield, uh, for me, it's going to be Granite Xhaka. Uh, I think he's one of the first names on the team sheet under Mikel Arteta. Like him or loathe him, that's the way it is. And of course, the selection next to him is going to be an interesting one. I think a lot of people um, would like to see Albert Sambi Lakonga start this game, myself included. I just wonder if Mikel Arteta will go with the more tried and tested Mohamed Elneny. I think Xhaka and Elneny as a midfield is just not progressive enough. It doesn't bring enough to the table in terms of Arsenal creating, moving the ball forward. So I'm going to go with Lokonga. But again, uh, similarly to the right-back position, I wouldn't be surprised if Mikel Arteta had other ideas and went with Mohamed Elneny. But remember, this is my starting eleven, not necessarily the one I expect Mikel Arteta to pick. At number 10, I'm going with Emil Smith-Rowe. Uh, he was really impressive towards the back end of last season, came in in December and really impressed people. Um, signed a new contract, is the number 10 now. I think there's a lot of emphasis on Smith-Rowe this season. I expect him to kick on even further. want to see him add a few more goals to his game as well as, as, well as various other bits and pieces. But I'm a big fan of Smith-Rowe. And for me, he's definitely a starter. I think for me, what becomes interesting now is, the, is this forward line as well, because Bukayo Saka has obviously returned. How fit is Bukayo Saka? Is he, has he caught up with the rest of the group yet? Because, of course, he did come back late. He went on international duty with England in the summer. England made the final, which meant that Bukayo had to extend his holiday. Does he come into the starting eleven for me? I think you probably should start him. Uh, and if he's only got 60 minutes in the tank, then that's fair enough. And you take him off at that point. I'm a firm believer in starting with your best team. So I'm going to start uh, with Bukayo Saka. I'm also going to start with um, Nicola Pepe on the other flank. And my centre forward, again, might be an unpopular opinion, is Alexander Lacazette. And I'll explain the reasons for my decisions here. So first of all, the reason I've gone with Chambers is because I think that Arsenal shapeshift quite a bit under Mikel Arteta. I think that's massive. I think that's a big part of Mikel Arteta's game. I think that you will see that shapeshifting quite a bit. I think you'll see Kieran Tierney bomb on. I think you'll see probably Xhaka 
dropping that little bit deeper into that kind of half left back position that he did so often last season. I think as a result, you see the mid the defence become a three. And I think what you what Mikel Arteta expects from his fullback actually is is to to step forward into that midfield to help out whoever it is that is being left alone in midfield. Now, normally that would be Thomas Partey, but of course, Thomas Partey is unavailable. And what you kind of end up with is this sort of shape. It's like a 3-3-1-3 for Arsenal. When they have the ball, when they're attacking, when Kieran Tierney is afforded that license to go forward, as I've explained, I expect Granit Xhaka to drop into the defence and I expect Callum Chambers, if he's the one that plays, to be pushed into the midfield alongside Sambi Lakonga, who will be alone in there. Now, I think Bayerin does that when he plays because it's an instruction from Mikel Arteta. However, I don't think that Bayerin does it anywhere near well enough. I think Chambers' you know, ability to play in central positions as well makes him a little bit better equipped to do this. But equally, I think when Chambers gets forward, I think he can be quite impactful when he is the one that's bombing on rather than it coming down the left-hand side. I think he can also really do uh, damage in the final third. Ben White told an interesting story about Callum Chambers and the fact that Callum Chambers used to play as a winger. And it actually explains quite a bit as to why he's quite effective in those areas. But I do think when Arsenal are in possession, this is a little bit more like the shape that you will see. So keep an eye on this tonight when the game actually starts, because it doesn't off, you know, when Arsenal have the ball, it's very rarely um, the four-two-three-one that we see on paper. However, they do revert back to that, of course, when they're without possession, and it looks a little bit more like this again. So, interesting to see how that that develops, and interesting to see whether that's something that continues into the new season, or whether Arsenal have made some adjustments to that over the summer. I talk about the centre forward position. I've gone with Alexander Lacazette because I just think when Lacazette is in the team, it brings out so much more from all the people in this area, all those players around him. It brings out more from Saka, Smith Rowe, Pepe. I think they all combine brilliantly with Alexander Lacazette in a way that they simply do not combine with Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Now, I've left Aubameyang out of this team. And remember, again, this is my team. I actually think, prediction wise, that Saka will be left out of the starting lineup because he's catching up fitness-wise. And I think the front three will be Lacazette through the middle, Bamiang from the left and Pepe from the right. That's what I expect to happen. But I would pick this. I would pick this because I think that these four, Saka, Smith, Rowe, Pepe and Lacazette, combine brilliantly. And I think the fact that they're all interchangeable, the fact that they're all quite aggressive in, in the way that they they press if you if you want them to be and they can be energetic and they've got guile and they've got everything for me. I think that's the way to go. Don't expect Mikel to start that way, though. I do think that Aubameyang starts uh, from the left and I think that Bukayo Saka potentially drops to the substitutes bench because of the reasons I've already mentioned. So let's see uh, what Mikel Arteta decides in the end. But those that's my team and those are my reasons for picking that team. Um Let me just run through that verbally for those of you on the audio platform. So my team to face Brentford in the Premier League opener tonight at the Brentford Community Stadium is Burn Leno in goal, a back four of Callum Chambers, Ben White, Pablo Marie and Kieran Tierney. In midfield, I've gone with Granite Xhaka and Albert Lekonga. Emil Smith-Rowe will occupy the attacking midfield position for me with Bukayo Saka from the left, Nicola Pepe from the right and Alexander Lacazette leading the line. But Caveats. Again, 
I probably expect El Nenny maybe to start in midfield. I probably expect Bellerin to start at right back, given what we saw against Spurs. And I expect Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to start uh, as part of that front line as well. So that's what I'd go with, but not necessarily what I think Mikel is going to go with. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. And uh, you can kill me in the comments for it afterwards, uh, depending on what happens. So, yeah, that's my team. Let's get some of your questions in the live chat. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys. Get some of those questions in. Uh, just a quick reminder as well, if you haven't done so already, please do uh, hit that like button. Uh, really want to, to boost those likes up. It really does help the channel, helps the video uh, get out there to more people as well. We've got 43 likes at the moment, but there's 268 of you watching. So surely we can get that up to 100 uh, sooner rather than later. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you're a member and you haven't joined the Discord server yet, what are you waiting for? The link is in the community tab. Also, if you wanted to become a member, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description because we've got some members exclusive content dropping tonight, player ratings shortly after the game concludes. So uh, you might want to jump on board in time for that. Right, let's take some of those questions. Uh, Gare McCulloch says, uh, score prediction. I was going to come on to that, Gare, but seeing as you're so keen, uh, my score prediction tonight is Brentford 1, Arsenal 3. That is my score prediction for tonight. Brentford 1, Arsenal 3. I think Brentford can be got at. I'm not convinced that we're going to keep a clean sheet at Brentford. I think they might even take the lead. I think that they'll be right up for it. The crowd will be behind them. Um, but I do expect Arsenal to win. I do expect Arsenal to have too much for them uh, in an attacking sense. I want to see Arsenal be aggressive in the way they press high up the pitch. I think we've seen a bit of that this summer at various points. At times, it hasn't really worked, but I expect there would have been further work done on it um, over the... Uh, over the last couple of uh, few days, over the last few days, few weeks. Um, so I do expect Arsenal to do that. And I do think that you can get at Brentford if you put them under pressure in the right areas. For all their positives, they're not watertight. They're not particularly stubborn defensively. So I expect Arsenal to have some joy in that sense. But as has been the case under Mikel Arteta so often, it doesn't really matter if you create the chances, you got to bloody take them because we haven't really taken them uh, too often under Mikel Arteta. And I think that's been one of our big, big problems. Let's see uh, some of you guys' score predictions. Uh, Super Flea says 2-0 Brentford and 1-1 if Arsenal play well. Uh, Omar has gone with a 2-1 Arsenal win. Uh, Yonick says Nketiah might play. is out injured, mate. He's not going to be back till September. Uh, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, let's see what else... Um, before I continue with the score predictions, Matt says, Hi, Harry, what happened to that guy that would always ask you random questions like, what did you eat for breakfast? Did you ban him? No, I, have, I haven't banned him. It, I, I will only ban someone if they're like constantly abusing people in the chat or myself. And he, he wasn't abusing anybody. He was just asking weird questions. Uh, but no, I've not banned him. I've not banned him. Just haven't seen him for a few days. Uh, Inter says, let's hope 1-0 Brentford. Why would you hope 1-0 Brentford? You're an Arsenal fan. I, I'll never get that mentality. I'll never get it. Craig Tanner says, 1-1 Arsenal. Um, Sai says, at Brentford to score early, then Pepe to equalise, then two from Oba off the bench. Uh, Side says, 2-0 Arsenal. Josh, 2-1 Arsenal. Diddley squat says, 3-0 to the Gunners. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, 
Wandering Minstrel's gone 4-1 to the Arsenal. Alcarp says 1-1. Ivan, Tony and Lacazette to score the goals. Peanut butter jelly time, draw 2-2. Uh, so some really uh, great predictions in there. And of course, uh, we'll, I'll try and... No, you know what? I'm not going to make a note of them because that's bloody long. So you guys remember what your prediction was. And uh, if you get it right on the review show, make sure you shout about it so I can give you guys a shout out. Let's take some of your questions then. Uh, Junior Gunner says, after the first five games, if we're still playing slow, laboured football with the only source of creativity coming from the fullbacks, surely serious questions have to be asked about Arteta's coaching. Absolutely. I'm not going to say that I want to, I will decide whether I want him sacked after five games because I don't think that's long enough. But I think, you, you know, you... You will get a feel, won't you, five games in of where we're at if there have been improvements. I think what's really important, though, when kind of setting a time frame like that is that you don't get carried away by the results against Manchester City and Chelsea, who are much superior to us. So I'm going to be making more judgment on the other games. I think you can look at Arsenal in those games and if they're competitive, great, that bodes well. But I do think it's very key that you don't overreact uh, to those games because I, I do expect both those teams to, to really uh, cause us problems. What else have we got um, in terms of your questions? Alcarp says, what do you really think about the re-signing of Odegaard? I've been on board with it all summer. I really have. Um, it's not fake. It's not me trying to be positive, you know, for no reason. I, I genuinely do think uh, that Martin Odegaard will be a positive signing for Arsenal. It's clear that he's been the target all along. It's clear that at a certain point, Arsenal didn't think it could be done. And now, as the window is edging towards its uh, latter stages, we're starting to get more and more encouragement that this deal is a possibility. I think he added quite a bit to Arsenal last season. I think a lot of people talked about the Emil Smith-Rowe impact, and that was obviously huge. But I think having someone else who could take some of that creative burden uh, from him actually really helped him. I think that Odegaard brought something different. I can remember a number of games where him staying central was really key because Emil Smith-Rowe doesn't really do that. He does drift left, he does drift right. And a lot of the time, Odegaard's occupation of, of the defensive midfielders allowed Arsenal to create room in other places. So I'm a big fan of Martin Odegaard. He works hard as well. Um, didn't really struggle with the physicality of the Premier League, which was one of my worries when he came in. So I'm actually, yeah, quite positive about it. Hopefully Arsenal can get it over the line. Uh, Matt says, who's going to take the set pieces? I actually think that Nicola Pepe is probably going to have a crack at a lot of the set pieces this season. He took a fair few last season. Uh, corners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think he's got a wonderful left foot, and and why not? Um, Jay Baxter says, "How many goals do you think Emil Smith Rowe can get this season?" I think he could get loads, but will he? I don't know. Um, I think for me, Emil Smith Rowe's got to be breaking into double figures in the Premier League alone. He has to be because it's so key that your player in that position contributes and chips in. I think if you can get double figures from Smith-Rowe, you can get double figures from Saka, you can get double figures from Aubameyang, from Lacazette and from Pepe, then it bodes us. It, it bodes well. You know, midfield has been an issue for us with goals. Uh, but what I will say is that if you can kind of up the number that the wingers and the forwards are getting, then that's not so much of an issue. I think the double pivot in midfield means that our midfielders don't often get far forward enough to be able to score. Uh, with any regularity, but I do think that 
if we can get more out of Saka's another one, you know, he did well last season. Of course he did, but you still feel like he could get more. You still feel like he missed a lot of chances, especially in the second half of the season. So I'd like to see him contribute more. And if him and Smith Rowe do that, then that, that pushes us up quite a fair bit. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um, let's take this one from... Uh, Anne Wesh, thank you very much for your very kind super chat donation, mate. He says, some reports are doing the rounds. Madrid and Arsenal have agreed a fee of 50 million for Odegaard. I think he can be a best at number eight. Um, I don't think Arsenal will pay 50 million. I think it will be less than that. I think it will be closer to the 40 million pound mark. Um, I don't know that, but that's my kind of view on it. Um, yeah, look, I, I'll, I'll be delighted, as I've already said, to see him come in. And I think he can add a lot. Uh, to the squad and as Sai says he he fits you know we got to see that firsthand peanut butter jelly time one of my favorite screen names on here says I, I like your lineup Harry would you take a risk on Willian can't be shit two seasons in a row can he um he can anyone can but no look I, I think that Willian was so poor last season that he's played himself into a place in the squad where he's not the priority I think that as, as I've mentioned, the fact that Bukayo Saka is not quite 100% fit yet um, maybe puts Willian in the picture, but I don't expect him to start. I'll, I'll be very frustrated if he um, if he starts the game tonight because I've not been impressed with him uh, during his Arsenal career at all. Let's see what else uh, we've got. Sam Rudman says, how far off Champions League football do you think Arsenal are? Well, we were only six points off of it last season, which when you consider it was our worst season ever, uh, is is not that bad. So six points is not the end of the world. My worry is that some of the other teams around us have done a little bit more in terms of strengthening and have made some significant signings that could potentially make it harder for us to keep up. But, you know, it's not impossible. It's... It's something that we have to be aiming for. Do I think it's going to happen I'm at this stage today, 13th of August, 2021? I can't say I'm confident it will. But you've got to, you've really got to aim for that. You know, you can't aim for less than that. That would be sort of aiming for failure, in my opinion. But as I've said before, I do think a top six finish would be a, a good season for Arsenal. Uh, Sonny De Niro says, Harry, what are your thoughts on the reports linking both Laka and Oba with moves to get Abraham in? I don't think Abraham is the answer, if true. I'm not I'm not against Abraham. I'm against paying £40 million for Abraham, if that makes sense. I feel like that's too much money uh, for Tammy Abraham. But I also feel that that's what it's going to take if Chelsea are going to let him go to a club that they you know, were traditionally, maybe not so much now, in competition with. Uh, so let's see uh, on that one. But I don't think Laka will go. I don't think Aubameyang will go. I think they're both going to stay put at least for another season. And then we'll have to take it from there. But remember, Lacazette's contract runs out at the end of the campaign. So we'll either be in a place where we've got to offer him something throughout the course of the season. Of course, remember from January, he'd be able to sign a pre-contract with a foreign club, uh, which is... Uh, which is something that may well happen. But let's see. Let's see how it goes. I do expect them both to stay, though. I don't expect either of those two to be leaving the club. Uh, I want to say a big uh, thank you and welcome to Anwesh as well, who not only has given us a really kind Super Chat donation during the show, but has also just signed up to be a YouTube member. Anwesh, 
Thank you so much, man. Really, really appreciate it. Welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna family. Make sure you do uh, join the Discord server. The link is in the community tab. Uh, so make sure you head over there and we can talk all things Arsenal uh, with the group as we do. Right. Uh, let's take a few more of these before we uh, sign off and start getting mentally prepared for tonight's game. Um, if you are somebody who watches uh, the Premier League's world feed, uh, the Premier League Productions uh, program. I am live on the Premier League warm-up show uh, this afternoon, around about 2.20, to discuss Arsenal versus Brentford. So really looking forward to that. Never done any work for the Premier League before. Uh, so it's one to kind of tick off my list. So I'm really excited about that. If you are going to be watching it, make sure you say hello on Twitter or something. Uh, and if I can, I don't know if I can. Is it professional? Is it unprofessional? I'll give you guys a shout out. Uh, let's take this one from uh, Gun uh, Deckergun says, Harry, do you think our overly critical and vociferous fan base has negatively impacted our club's ability to move players on to generate funds and to regenerate to generate funds and regenerate the squad? Sorry. He says, I really do. I do think it plays a part. I've talked about it before. I've I've talked about Arsenal fans who literally do nothing else but slag off our players and then by that same token spend the rest of the summer moaning that we couldn't shift them off and nobody would would buy them it, you know you're kind of almost damaging their stock by being so negative uh, about about some of our players I do think it's had an impact I think that maybe not so much what the fans are saying but I think the fact that it's so abundantly clear that they're not wanted not just by the coaches, but by the fans as well, makes clubs feel like they're in a really strong position to negotiate from and therefore they can leave things till the last minute and they can make derogatory offers. So I do think it plays some part. Maybe it's not a huge part, but it does play some part for me. Alcarp says, uh, I heard one of our scouts said that Charlie Patino is the best player to come out of Hale. And what's your opinion on him or have you watched him play? Uh, like you, Alcarp, I've, I've read, I've seen things uh, from Charlie Patino that give us reason to believe he's got a really, really exciting future. Um, have I watched him a lot, though? No, uh, I'd be lying if I said I have. Uh, but he is someone that I am now keeping a keen eye on. He is someone that's on my radar and I look forward to seeing how he pushes on. Uh, just before I go, a uh, quick reminder, the Chronicles of Aguna Fantasy Premier League is open. There are loads of entrants already. The link is in the description. So is the code if you prefer to do it that way. I've had so many of you DMing me saying, where's the code? It's in the description of the podcast. Uh, you'll find it there. Get involved. Um, and I'd love to um, love to have you guys uh, competing in the league as well. And as I said yesterday, we'll be sorting out some prizes uh, for that as well. Craig Tanner says, you bought those new shirts yet? Really love the Away kit and looking forward to seeing the third kit tonight. Um I've bought the away one. I haven't bought the home one yet because it's my birthday on Monday. And normally, normally, I don't want to jinx it, but normally I get it gifted to me. So uh, I've held fire on that one. But I've got the yellow one. I will be buying the blue one uh, when I go to the Chelsea game as well next week. So, uh, yeah. I'll probably end up with all three, <laughs> I got to say. Uh, Gear says, uh, show us your team, the fantasy team. I actually did a video yesterday. It's the last video on the channel. Um, it's only on the video. Um, it's not on podcast format, but I did put a video out with my fantasy team. But now that Romelu Lukaku is official, now that 
I've done a little bit more reading into it. I think I'm going to make some changes today. I've got to say, uh, so the team on that video might not be the team I end up with, but don't want to give you a lot of ideas, do I? I'm competing against you. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, right. We're going to leave it there. Uh, we will uh, catch up with you, of course, later on. Members, I'll see you on the player ratings video uh, around about an half an hour-ish or so, or 45 minutes, give or take. Just depends how quickly the the interviews happen and all that. I'll get you uh, the player ratings bit out. That'll be exclusive to members. Just a short video, but with actual ratings. And then, of course, at around about 11 p.m., quarter past 11. I know it's a bit of a late one, but it's the kickoff time. Can't do much about it. I'll be bringing you a reaction show. And then, of course, tomorrow, as I said, we'll be looking at things in a little bit more detail, doing a bit of a tactical deep dive into how this one played out. So uh, very much looking forward to bringing you match-related content again. Hope you guys enjoy it as well. Make sure uh, you smash that like button if you haven't done so already. It really, really does help. Over 300 of you watching now, uh, but we've only got 83 likes on the board. Come on, let's at least get it to 100. Like, like, like. It doesn't cost a thing. Get involved and I'll catch you all very, very soon. Until later, take care. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.